we saw a different type of audience coming back to the theater that's more hungry and more eager to have social justice content on Broadway. Um, and that has definitely shaped some of the things that we're seeing that are opening up now as we are hopefully further along and emerging from the pandemic. Welcome to Newhouse Impact the podcast highlighting research and creative work being done at Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications. I'm Kevin Kloss, and on this episode, I chat with former Newhouse student Samantha Aronson about her research into Broadway's efforts to increase social advocacy. Sam Aronson, thanks for stopping by this afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, You spent a majority of time looking at something that's not brand new, and that being the intersection of performing arts and advocacy. But what I do think is kind of unique about what you did is you specifically approached it from the lens of what Broadway is doing. What brought you to that specific lens? Yeah, so I've always been a fan of Broadway. I've seen shows for a really long time, and on campus I've gotten really involved in a musical theater organization. Um, And so when I was thinking about performing arts, social advocacy, also thinking about my public relations background, all of those things coming together, Broadway's the pinnacle of the performing arts industry. Um, And if they are going to do something and that can trickle down to other smaller, maybe community theaters, in terms of what social advocacy looks like, then that's the place to start. That's the place to get it going. So a phrase we hear a lot is social justice. Mm-hmm. Social advocacy, slightly different. What's sort of the, what's the root of that? Yeah, so social advocacy comes from a couple different places. It definitely pulls from this greater idea of social justice in that it has a social purpose. It's looking to create social good. Um, but it's more about the... Uh, education. It's more about spreading awareness of a particular issue. It's not necessarily the boots on the ground, as you might see with corporate social responsibility. Um, Advocacy is a tiny bit more abstract in terms of, as I said, awareness, spreading the word, um, and getting a deep understanding of how issues arose, how we can address them, how we can mitigate them, and then steps to move forward from there. And so when you were looking at that, did you were you able to trace what the roots of that were, where that sort of got started originally? Yeah. So one of those places being corporate social responsibility um, and then kind of a counterpoint to that is strategic issues management. These are two concepts that we learn about in our public relations curriculum. Um, the idea that you should know what your audiences are looking for, uh, what I guess, greater social political context are, and then that piece of addressing them and mitigating them, that's where the responsibility piece comes in. And then kind of bringing those together is where we get social advocacy. So while I think it's like a very interesting study that you've done, so you're interested in Broadway and you're interested in how it's playing a role in social advocacy, Broadway is broad, for lack of a better phrase. So where do you start this whole research at the very beginning when you're looking to start to dip your toe into this? What's sort of the launching off point for your research? Yeah, so I definitely was thinking of social advocacy as this foundational piece. And then when it came to the Broadway part, as you said, it's very broad. There are so many different things that could be considered. So for my research specifically to get tangible, I guess, outcomes, I looked at musicals only Um, those that are running in Manhattan rather than the touring companies or the national companies, um, and then those that are on Broadway rather than, quote-unquote, off Broadway. 
And when we think about Broadway and what's being done there, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, performance in general and Broadway specific was hit pretty hard by COVID. How much did impacts from COVID, if at all, sort of affect the, the research you were able to do or what you saw from your research? Yeah. So one of the things that I focused on in my research was looking at audience profiles because they're a big driver in terms of what financially is going to be successful, ticket sales, audience members coming through the doors, butts and seats. Um, and so obviously COVID knocked that almost or essentially extent on Broadway, considering it was closed for about a year and a half. Um, so COVID definitely had an impact on that piece. I think at the same time, um, with compounding effects from this resurgence of racial justice that we saw at the same time of when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. We saw a different type of audience coming back to the theater that's more hungry and more eager to have social justice content on Broadway. Um, And that has definitely shaped some of the things that we're seeing that are opening up now as we are hopefully further along and emerging from the pandemic. So as you take a look at maybe current practices on Broadway in terms of social advocacy and social justice, did you look at the the history of this, maybe things that had happened, you know, a number of years in the past? Did we look into the history of Broadway and social justice? Yeah. There's been kind of a waxing and waning as I've uh, looked into of dedication to social justice on Broadway, again, kind of driven by that audience piece if there's war going on or if there is other domestic hardships, audiences don't necessarily want to have heavy hit your over the head um, content on Broadway. They want that escapism. They want that feel good feeling walking into the theater. Um, But at other times when things might be a little quieter on the home front, then audiences are more receptive and more able to dive into those issues when they see them on stage. Does that reliance on sort of what's happening culturally, does that make it difficult for sustained activism to prosper, if we will, on Broadway? Yeah, it definitely looks different um, as time goes on. So as part of my research, I did a couple case studies. And the first case study that I did was with Hair the Musical. Um, And Hair the Musical came about, um, it talked about hippies and free love and a whole bunch of different freedom of expression topics that weren't necessarily accepted. Uh, The musical ended up going on to fight two Supreme Court cases, one criminal, one civil, in terms of freedom of expression and prior restraint. And it won both of them, which I think is really cool. And that's what advocacy looked like uh, in the 70s. And now we have a completely different view of that. One of the other case studies that I did was with Dear Evan Hansen, which is a much more uh, recent modern. It's still on Broadway currently. And that is more about education and representation of mental health issues and decreasing the stigma around mental health and talking about it. Um, And that's a lot of onstage representation and then sharing of resources, whereas back when Hair was on, that was more of a political, I guess, venue through which they communicated their advocacy. You know, when there's cultural changes that are taking place, oftentimes we'll hear, is the culture ready for this or, you know, our culture's not ready to embrace this yet? Through what you've seen, are audiences ready to embrace the fact that Broadway may be wanting to do more with social advocacy? I think that they are. And I think even more importantly, there's a very large community that hopes that they are. Um, I, in 
framing my research, one of the assumptions that I made is that the producers and the decision makers on Broadway care about social justice, that this they feel like it's an obligation for them or responsibility for them to engage in this work. And throughout my whole study, I was looking at a couple priorities and how to balance them, financial gain, entertainment, and then this piece of social justice. And as long as they can get that balance correctly, um, it should be possible for all shows to incorporate some sort of social justice, big or small. And are there specific groups that you looked at within Broadway? I know obviously there's a there's a lot that goes into when someone says Broadway, that can mean a lot of different things. Were there specific groups that you looked at who were doing that work or maybe not doing that work? Yeah, so I thought about it in a couple different ways. We have the who being the producers, being the actors, being the audience members. Um, and in actors, that included also stagehands and other crew and staff members. Um, there are the where, which is the theaters, the theater owners as part of that where. And then there's a bunch of like auxiliary supporting organizations, whether that be the press that are specifically towards Broadway, Playbill, Broadway World, or uh charitable organizations or inherently advocacy organizations such as Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, Broadway Advocacy Coalition. There are a whole lot of um, other organizations that surround the Broadway community and the Broadway industry that are working on these issues. Um, And again, finding that balance between what the audiences want, what the producers think is their responsibility, that's kind of where they all fit in together. And did you feel as you were doing your research that between all those groups that you just mentioned that it's equal distribution in terms of who is a driving force or was there a specific group that you felt was carrying the bulk of that load? I think the audiences are really the driver in that respect. I think if anything, it's the actors and the staff um, that have largely been ignored, I would say, in terms of what they are looking for in terms of representation and seeing change being made on Broadway. And it is those people who have then gone on to create some of these uh, supplemental organizations. So Broadway Advocacy Coalition was created by groups of actors and other members of the community that didn't see enough change being done by the producers, by the bigger decision makers. And then they've gone out on their own uh, and created these coalitions and organizations to I guess, use another venue because they weren't necessarily being heard to begin with. As much as I'm sure you tried to approach this research as a clean slate, open mind, without any biases of any kind, was there something you saw through the research that just surprised you, just stood out to you that you weren't expecting to see? Yeah, I guess there were so many different attempts throughout the history of Broadway as to what success looked like that I think surprised me. Um, in terms of you had at one point in time those hit you over the head. They were called issue-driven musicals that you couldn't get away with it. You walked in, you knew immediately what they were talking about, um, and it wasn't. It might have been a little clunky, not baked into the characters or the plot super well, and so that didn't really work, and they kind of threw that out. And then they had these ideas of concept musicals, which were more alluded to a little bit looser, a little bit more abstract. Something like Sweeney Todd is considered one of like the pinnacles of a a concept musical. Um, So I think what surprised me was that they've been working at it. There just hasn't been a formula to get it right. And that's where I came in in terms of what they say is like contributing to the scholarship um, was building that roadmap. You see it in corporations in the more traditional business world that 
you have a clear way to implement social advocacy or social responsibility programs within a company, but they don't necessarily have that roadmap or formula for Broadway, and they've been trying, uh, going through many iterations, and I was adding to that, seeing what I can provide in terms of figuring out that structure. And all this research is great. It's very interesting. But at the end of the day, what was the question you were seeking an answer to? What were you trying to get to at the end of the road, if you will? Yeah. And so this kind of goes to the fact that a lot of things used to happen, used to be implemented, been thrown out. What I was looking at was, I think, where we are right now, you can't just talk about the issues of a issues within a show, you need to do something more than that. It needs to go beyond just what's on stage. Audiences can't go in for two and a half hours, interact with material, and never touch it ever again. So the question was, is talking about issues in the content of a show enough, or should the show and the company be doing more beyond the stage to address the issues more directly? And you would say, based on the research you've done, yes. the answer to that question is? <laughs> the answer would be yes. I think that it's definitely necessary. Like I said, the audiences want to see more change. Um, and I guess just the greater climate is looking for do-gooders. Um, and purchasing power goes behind that to show what people are looking for. Um, I think it definitely is needed beyond the stage. I think that, yeah audiences are hungry for it. And I'm hoping that as time goes on coming out of the pandemic, as things and different shows are in the process of developing now that we'll probably see open in the next couple of years, that those are th initiatives that we're going to see beyond the stage. Sam Aronson, senior public relations student at Syracuse University. Thanks again for coming by and sharing some of this great research with us. Thank you. I had a great time. It's great to share the research. I hope people enjoy my project. Thanks for listening to Newhouse Impact, a collaboration between WAER and the Newhouse School at Syracuse University. Our associate producer is Emma Hudson. Special thanks to Dr. Regina Luttrell, Associate Dean of Research and Creative Activity. Find more from the department at newhouse.syr.edu research. You can find more about this podcast at waer.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening.